and it saddens me to see so many so many kids without their fathers and and how much society downplays fatherhood like kids need their fathers man like for real for real i, I like like i said before i couldn't have made it as far as i did without him so now i want to do the same thing for my son for both of my sons and maybe any other children i may have in the future Hello, you beautiful people. Welcome to the Dear Dad Podcast. This is the place where we address dad dynamics and discuss personal experiences, stories, and poem submissions to help provide a platform for healing while simultaneously uplifting one another. Let's change the dad narrative all around. Let's go. Let's grow. Hello, you beautiful people. Thank you for coming back to a Dear Dad podcast. And today I am so excited. It's been a long time coming. From the day that I did my podcast, I reached out to this gentleman and um, he said, Jess. And it was just a process of getting, working on the same schedule. Um, And it's just a, a happy moment for me right now to have this guy in my podcast. This is literally my brother. I can't say he's a half brother. I can't say he's a friend. He's my brother. And I love this guy from the jump. I don't know what it is about him, but we connected. Um, and I'm not going to hold you guys any longer. I'm going to introduce you guys to Patrick Simexon. Hello, hello, everyone. BJ, it's an honor to be on the podcast with you, man. It's always been a pleasure. Like you said, we've, we've been brothers since day one, since the, since the beginning. So when I heard you were doing the podcast and you asked me to be a guest, I was more than honored, more than ready to to help you out and to and to be on the on the chat. So. Yes, 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 yeah. It's been some time, and again, I, I've been looking forward for this a long time. I just, I don't know. There's, there's so much I want to uh, touch briefly with, with you on um, parenthood and fatherhood, and I think there's a lot of similarities and a lot of differences that we share. And I just want to hear your point of view. I mean, there's a lot I myself want to tell you, but I also want to hear your story as well. So I'm just gonna jump into the first question, and I just wanted to ask you, who is Patrick, and um, who is Patrick, and what do you want the world to know about Patrick? Ooh, that's a that's a good one. <laughs> um, I am Patrick Semexent. I am a husband, a father, a son, a brother, a friend, uh, child of God. You know, um, uh, let me see. I don't know what 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 to start. What should, what should I say? What do you want me to say? No, nah, man. Whatever you want, it's fine. It could, we can we could we can start with that. It's fine. <laughs> That's fine. So, I mean, every, every one of us have fathers. Every one of us have um, uh, some kind of upbringing, I guess, situation. I'm going to say, I'm not going to say issue because I'm going to try to be careful with my words. And all of us have some kind of um, upbringing situation. Um, tell me a little bit about your dad. Okay. Um, my dad, I don't know, I don't know who's going to be listening to the podcast, but my dad, his name is Claude. As a T. Claude. He's a, a very energetic man. <laughs> He's a he's a great dad. He uh, he was there a lot for me and my brothers growing up. You know everything that he could do, he did. You know, and the more that I grow into fatherhood, I start to understand him a little bit more. I see his, a lot of his strengths and I see some of his weaknesses, and I try and take his strengths and and, and leave his weaknesses now that I'm able to step into that role myself. So uh, he's a he's a, he was a first first generation. He's a Haitian Haitian man. So. He was the first one to come to Haiti from his family. And then so that makes me a first-generation uh, Haitian-American in uh, in America. So 
Great. I mean, you said before that there's a lot of characters in him that you see in you. Um, I guess behaviors that you see in you. What are some characteristics in in your dad that you see in yourself? Um, good or good or bad? Um, the one that I definitely say that I take from him or that I see in him is his positivity. My dad is a very, very positive person. He's always smiling. He always tries to see the best in every situation. Even if the world is crumbling around him, like he's one of those people who's like, it'll be okay. You know, God got us. We'll be all right. I'm like, dude, we don't know how we're going to pay rent. (laughs) It's going to be fine. We're going to be okay. Don't worry about it. We have each other. We God got us. Just keep, we'll, we'll just keep on moving forward. So that's one of the traits that, I say that I really took from him is that is that positive, uh, optimistic attitude, which sometimes can be seen as bad. And some people see it like, oh, you're kind of a little careless or you're a little reckless because you you know you you know he just you just have so much faith that everything is going to work out no matter what, even in a bad time, everything's going to work out. So you kind of lax about it. So you know I see that 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 used to drive my mother crazy a lot, <laughs> and that probably didn't help. With the with the with their uh, with their marriage, but it it's uh it's a trait that I, I really admire in him. Mm. Any other characteristics in your dad that you see in yourself, or even uh, you see in yourself and you see it even in your sons? Um, definitely. Uh, like I said, he's he's friendly. He's very compassionate and very and very loving, especially for his children. You know, he always wanted us to know that he was there for us. Like he was like. No matter what, no matter what was going on in our lives, whether it's good or bad, he was our dad. You know what I mean? Bring it to him. And I, I, we didn't always bring every problem or situation to him, but he wanted us to know that if if we needed him for anything, he would be there for us because he was our dad. Not, you know, he was a friend, but he was also a father. He was more a father than a friend, but he was also a friend. And he wanted us to know that, like, don't be scared to talk to him. Don't be scared to do anything to him. You know, it. And he, he and he was very open and honest about a lot of situations that occurred in his life, and he was very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He 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 liked to let us know that whatever we're going through, he's been through. <laughs> like I'm trying to steer you from a certain path because I already been through it. Like I already went down that road. I know where it's headed. Don't go that way. Go this way. You know what I mean? So and he was he's he's definitely a, a man of integrity, especially. When he, when he gives you his word, he said he's going to help you. He's going to be there for you. He's going to be there for you. Especially with when it, when it comes to like serving his community, his friends, his family. He's, he's that guy. He'll do whatever he can to help you. Wow, wow. You know, I, the first time I've heard about your dad, I think I've seen him one time, either through a picture or in person. The first um, conversation that I heard about your dad is that he's a really good, positive person. And the other trait that I heard that he has, he's had, he's, he has extremely good memories of people's birthday. Like yes. he remembers just about everybody's birthday. I think when I was dating Jessica, she was just like, he would call her and her phone every time her birthday came up and wish her, wish her happy birthday, which I think was profound because I'm, I'm horrible at that. I'm not even going to try to front. I know myself I'm horrible with that. So the fact that he was able to have that with, with um just, not only his sons, but anybody that he comes in contact with, I think it's profound. And the other thing that you mentioned was that the fact that he was able to, the way he communicated with you guys, um, the way he talked to you, the way he told you, I went through certain things and I don't want you to go through that. It, it seemed, and I've said this words before, and I think I'm going to continue saying it, it seems foreign for me because especially a lot of the Haitian parents, dads that I know of, they're not that expressive. They're not as 
open to share that kind of experience with you uh, and tell you, well, I made a mistake. I don't, I don't want you to do, to do the same thing. They may not say it, but they might want to show it. But as far as that expressive, I, I have found that so like energetic. I find that so, so gravitating that your dad was able to express that to you. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's one of the major reasons I am the person I am today was his ability to be so transparent. You know, he he definitely didn't paint the picture that he was perfect and that he didn't do anything. And he definitely doesn't paint the picture that he knows everything. Mm-hmm. But he's real in that sense. He's like, listen, I see the path you're headed. It's not going to work. Or I see the path you're headed. It's going to work. Or I see what you're headed. I'm not sure. Try it or don't try it. He's supportive in that aspect. And that's one of the things that I like that now that I have two young boys of my own, I'm very, very uh, like I want them to have to have that relationship with them so they can understand that. Like, listen, this is transparency. And in and, and our culture, not, not speaking for my parents, but in uh, from from other Haitian parents, that's one of the things that they're very secretive. Right. <laughs> like they want you to be the best child ever. Just be good. Go to school, go to church. Go, you know, go to work, stay home, stay out of trouble, be good. Me, I was an angel. I didn't do anything wrong. And my parents, both my mom and my dad, especially my dad was like, nah, that's not the case. <laughs> that's not the case at all. But, you know, they, they definitely weren't one of those people who were like ready to condemn you or throw you under the bus or want you to be perfect and do everything mm-hmm. right. They wanted you to make the best decisions you could for yourself with their guidance and and they use their their real life examples and their real life experiences to do that. That's so cool. That's so cool. I'm so I don't want to use the word envious, but that's what I'm thinking about right now of the relationship that you have with with your dad. And again, every time I think about your dad, all I think of, about is positivity. Every anybody that have told me about your dad has told me nothing but positive things. And I'm I'm literally in like I want. I would like to have a conversation with him, pretty much, because I want to see w- where his mind frame is um, in comparison to my dad or anybody else that I've known. And I have a lot of uncles, and they're not as expressive. I think now they are able to express certain things. They're able to tell us certain things. Um, I mean, granted, when we were younger, we got more fatherly advice from my uncles than my own dad. I didn't have... Again, my father was, again, he was present. He was around, but he was never present in the house. So my first sex talks was from my uncle. My first date talk was from my uncle. How to approach a woman was from my uncle. So it was so different where, as for you, it was more of like my dad is expressing, uh, well, I want to do these things. Um, I don't want you to go through it, but come to me if you have any any issues. Don't be afraid to come to you with any of these issues. And I think that opens the door for you to be a better person in life. It just it starts you out in a good foot in life so you can be positive and think positive about um, doing certain things. Yeah, and it's, it's, I, that's, a, that's exactly what it is. Um, my dad, my, my parents, we all grew up in the same house. So like, and my, we have a lot of family, but none of them were around. Like my uncles are in Canada or Florida. And stuff like that. So it, it was my dad. So he took, you know, he took that responsibility. There are other, you know, members that were in our church that also played the fatherly role. But my dad knew he was primary. Like, I don't really have uncles to run to and talk to and say, hey, talk to me about this or talk to me about that. It was him. And he knew that. And he, and he took that responsibility on full well. I remember when we were growing up, he used to be like, listen, 
I know you're going to do what you want to do anyway, but try and heed my warning. You know, he's kind of like the old wise mm-hmm. bit, but, he's like, you know, try and heed my warning. Just try and listen to me. And his whole thing was, it was always, I've been through it too. You know what I mean? No matter what you're going through, I've been through it too. So he definitely tried to relate on that aspect. And he's like, listen, I know you're you're young, you're growing up, you're doing all these things. You're going to try these things. You're going to do these things. I did it too, but more or less, counsel with me. I, I'm not going to scold you. I'm not going to beat you. I'm not going to do that stuff. You're my son. I love you. I want the best for you. But counsel with me because I may be able to save you from from some some trauma and some issues to the point where he's like, listen, the only thing I'm asking you really not to do is don't do drugs. <laughs> he's like, that'll mess you up no matter what. He's like, if I know you're going to, you're, this is in our teen, teenage years. He's like, I know you're going to experiment. You're going to talk to girls. You're going to do all that stuff. Even if you're going to go pregnant, tell me. You know what I mean? It wasn't really a sex talk. It was more of like, I already know what's going on. <laughs> I already know what's going on. But if something happens, if you get to go pregnant or something, let me know. Talk to me. Tell me. But my biggest thing for you is don't do drugs because that's the one that's going to mess you up. And I and he was, I'm not going to say he was lenient because he's definitely he definitely was a father. But he, he, he gave us space to be ourselves and grow. Mm-hmm. Still, he didn't want to get in trouble or go down the wrong path, but he definitely did leave enough room for us to grow. It's funny because when I think about him, he was he's definitely hands on in the earlier years. And then somewhere in between, he kind of like fell off a little bit and let my mom like do everything. And then when we turn into teens, he's like, he wants to jump back in again. And it's it's funny. I laugh about it now, but it's like, no, you got to carry that all the way through, man. <laughs> you got you got you to gotta carry the consistency all the way through. It's like when he knew we reached a certain age, he's like, okay, now the world is going to get real and trouble can really find you this way. Now I'm going to step in and start interjecting and trying to put a little more control or a little more restriction on it. And by then, my brothers and I were like, yeah, stop playing around. As soon as, as, soon as we got to a certain age, he's like, all right, now it's time to pick up because now the world is ready to, 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 to kind of take you on. And this is when it's going to get real serious and you're going to need me the most now. And by then we were like, uh relax <laughs> wow see uh, it's a couple of pointers as i'm talking to you and he's describing your dad it's, it's, it just seems like i'm i'm hearing your dad through you it's funny that i've never met him i've never like seen him in person that I, I don't think maybe one time but as you talking as you describe him and i just as you you describe his character i just feel like i'm talking to your dad like i feel like your tone and your posture and the way you talk, the way you carry yourself is like your dad. And I've never seen your dad before. I've never encountered him. So for me, so for me to feel that way, it's kind of like it's, it feels weird, but I don't know how accurate that is. But that's just what I'm getting from you. And I think it's kind of um, I think it's kind of it's kind of profound how your dad is is sending those messages on you. I say that is to say a lot of the parents when 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 they grow up, mostly our parents, we, they have a tendency to forget that they were kids. They forget that they went through, you know, hardship. They forget that they went to they were, you know, crazy. They had they did stupid things. And as they become the adults, they have no patience and they have no tolerance for their own children to make mistakes. And I, from what I'm hearing from you was it was that your father allowed you to make mistakes. Not even allowed you. He he pretty much told you that well, these mistakes are going to happen. And, uh, and 
is going to happen, but I just need you to uh, take precaution. Instead of trying to prevent it from happening, just telling you, look, it's going to happen. I can't stop it from happening, but but if it is to happen, here's what you can do. Here's what you you here's the direction you can take, which is really cool because, again, a lot of parents right now is is forgetting that kids are kids, teenagers are teenagers. Allow them to grow. Allow uh, allow allow them to be a kid. Allow them to be a teenager so they can uh, develop. All we can do as parents currently is to plug in into them as much as we can, positivity and good way of doing things. But to restrict a, a kid to from doing certain things because we went through it, um, it's I think it's hindering the growth of a of a of a child. And I just like the way your father was able to do these things, and it's prof- it's really really profound. And I I really enjoy hearing how your the character of your 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 dad is. Yeah, he was he was very genuine in in that sense, and and and, I, and I'll just to double back, you said that I, I sound like him, even though you've never met him, and a part of I think a part of that is well, one, my dad is way more energetic than I am, so I'm I'm the calmer version of him to say, but I think a lot of it has to do with I listened to a lot of his wisdom, and it a lot of his wisdom did save me a lot in life, you know, even though I did my own thing. His wisdom did save me a lot in life. And now that I'm a father and certain uh, situations that I went through, you know, thinking back on the stuff that he said, I'm like, wow, he actually was right. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm able to take that wisdom now and move forward with it and hopefully pass it down to to my two boys as as they grow up. Nice, 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 nice. There is this the presence and the lack of presence and of our father makes a big difference in our lives. And for every one of us, it has a different impact. I mean, I was saying before with my brother, Emmanuel, I grew up in the same house, in the same room with him, but our personalities are different. The way we go about things are different. Uh, the way uh, we we carry ourselves at times is different. Um, how has the lack of presence or the presence of your dad have an impact in your life? Um, it, it had a major impact, I would say. I'm, like I know I've, I've, everything I've been saying about my father has all been positive stuff because he really is a positive person, and for the most part, he, he's he's a great man. I don't want to bash him by any means, but he wasn't perfect. He absolutely was a great father, great. He was there for us, whatever event he could be at, he was there. If we got in any trouble, he was there to pick us up. <laughs> if we needed advice, if it was time to laugh, have a good time teaching me about, you know, life lessons, sharing about um, just understanding life, understanding your name. He was on it. But the one thing that I will say about him and that has affected me greatly as well was my dad was not the best husband. And it wasn't because he did mean things to my mom or hurt my mom or abusive or anything of that nature, but he just wasn't as nurturing to her feelings as he should have been. He wasn't as attentive to the marriage as he should have been. And because of that, that, you know, that that caused their marriage to suffer a lot. And I'm not putting all the blame on him as well. You know, it, every, I'm married, so I know that it takes two people. My mother had her faults. But now that I'm as a father, I see the the impacts that his lack of care for the, the marriage did. And I always joke and I, I was telling Dorothy, I was laughing with her. I'm like, you you get to have the husband that my mother always wanted because I'm taking the good that my father did, but I'm leaving all the bad. And a lot of the bad that he did was towards the marriage and it wasn't towards his children. Wow. You are 
getting the she's pretty much getting the best version of your dad. Yes. That's amazing. And you know, I never even thought of it that way. And um I was talking to my sister not too long ago, um, and I said it before, it it's I had put a stamp, I put my foot down and tell myself that and convince myself and tell myself for I would never ever treat my wife or my child the way my my father treated my mom. I've I've encountered that. I've I've sat down and I've watched my father not be there and I've watched my father not be present and not caring caring at all for my mom. Um, from what I can understand as a child, and I literally told myself, I I can't do this to another woman. I cannot allow myself to have another woman in this world that I potentially care for go through that kind of suffering that my mom did. It's not fair and it's not okay. So I opened my heart and I opened my my mind and told myself that if if and when I become a dad, if and when I become a father, everything that is positive in me, I'm going to try to implement it in my relationship, not only with my child, but with my wife. You know, it's hard for uh it's hard for me to not react loving to my wife. I mean, granted, all of us have our downfalls, but because of the way my father or his lack of presence in my life affected not only me, but my wife, my, I'm sorry, my mom, my wife, I, I, I try not to like uh, allow her to experience that because she has her own drama too. She has her own um, problem as well. But as a husband to my wife, I want to make her feel as love as possible as welcoming as possible, as cherished as possible, as precious as possible, because I know how my mom felt and still feeling without his presence. Yeah, man, you, you couldn't have hit the nail on the head any better if you, if you tried. You know, it's one of those things that we, we realize now now that we're husbands, and, and I'm speaking to us, now that we're husbands, we see so much that our mothers have went through. Um, and, and just to touch on it a little bit. You know, I was the youngest of my of my siblings. So I was around for a lot more. You know, I saw a lot more. My my oldest brothers there are are not eight eight and nine years older than me. And then my closest oldest brother, Greg, you know, he's only one year older than me. But for whatever reason, he was always like a lot of the events or traumatic events, he was he, he wasn't there. I don't know where he was, <laughs> or maybe I'm emotionally blocking him out of it, but he wasn't there. So a lot of the trauma that my mother went through because of my father. Again, I'm not, and I don't want to make it sound like it's physical or anything of that, but a lot of the emotional trauma that she went through, I was there. And, you know, I, I saw a lot of it. So I'm like, I will never put my wife through those events. I will always, you know, take care of her emotionally because I, I saw firsthand through my mother because I was, I'm very close, with, I'm very close with both of my parents. So I get to see both sides of the field. I get to see what it's like to be the husband. I get to see, I got to see what it's like to be to be the wife, to be the mother. So based on that experience, I took the best of both and my reaction to both. And I'm like, I will never make, I will never put my kids through that. I will never put my wife through that. Just just like you said, you know, it's already tough enough when you're married and your wife has her own issues, and then you got issues. It's like I'm not gonna make it any worse because I know what it's like to be a wife with, or, or I know what it's like to, to see a wife with husband issues, or I know what it's like to be a kid with, with having father issues. That's so like, I don't want that for my children. 
I'm not mad at my parents for what happened with them. I'm not mad at the circumstances, but I just use that as my example to move forward. I'm like, I'm not mad about his, uh, uh, the past, but I use that example to rewrite history. After seeing all that and, 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 and just being there firsthand, you know, um, it, it, it really affected me, but I chose to let it affect me in a positive instead of the negative. And that's kind of one of the things that as, as you're growing up and you see, like you mentioned, you and your brother, you know, you grew up in the same household, you experienced a lot of the same things, but your outcomes or your reactions to things are completely different. You're still two different people. And a lot of the things I'm realizing that, like, for example, my closest brother, Greg, um, given our, 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 our upbringing and, and, the, and the issues that we went through in our family, I'm more connected, connected emotionally and his drive is more financially. You know what I mean? He saw the, the I, I, I say the suffering, the suffering that our family went through uh, financially at the hands of my father. And, uh, and that is his drive. He's like, I'm never gonna put my family through that, what we went through financially. Um, you know, we, 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 we lived in a house, we ended up losing our house uh, because m my parents made poor decisions. And you know, a, a lot of that wasn't my father's fault. And, um, but although I know that, you know, financials is a big part, I saw a lot of the suffering that my mom went through firsthand emotionally. And I was like, that's one thing that I know that I never want to put my wife through because financials, you can always recover from a financial loss. You can always recover from losing a house or losing a car or losing something financial, something, something materialistic, but an emotional scar, an emotional wound that carries a lot longer in life, you know, for, for, for your, your spouse or for your children. So I was like, that's going to be my priority because if you able to help that or stabilize that and maintain that long, long longevity wise, whether you have a lot of money, or you have no money, it's not really going to make a difference. As long as you have, as long as you, you feel loved, as long as you, you feel like you're cared for, as long as you feel like you're appreciated, yeah, it, it, you'll be just fine. You know, I, um, just the other day I was talking to my sister, my little sister, Barbara, and um, uh, sitting with her, and she's the youngest one out of all of us, sitting with her and having a discussion with her opened my eyes to a whole different perspective in life. Because again, we, there was six of us and all of us experienced it differently. And as I'm talking to every one of my siblings, I'm able to see the other half. I'm able to understand uh, what she went through because uh, we have our own perspective. I had my own perspective. My, uh, my other sibling had their own perspective. But to have my youngest sister perspective of not only of us, but of my father made a big difference. Like I had to take a step back and say, wow, like I never envisioned it that way. I never uh, uh, see it that way. Even in our in our in our relationship, um, when I'm dating someone, it was it also had an impact too. I, there were certain things I wanted to know. There were certain things I wanted to say. Um, I find out that I think every last one of us, whenever we get into a relationship, that we we when we love, we love hard. When we um, want to be with someone, we literally dive in all the way. And I think that might be a a, a, a I want to say a problem. I think it's the lack of discipline or the lack of presence in my father uh in our life um that made that a difference because we were lacking that so so whenever we were with anybody we decided to just like okay we're going to be with that person fully um we're going to invest fully has the it had, again has 
that affect your dating life prior before getting married father not being there um I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that it, it it didn't affect it 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 definitely made me take my time it it, it made me take relationships more seriously because like like i mentioned before my, my dad was in the house the entire time like we grew up but my parents when they were going through their issues they made it, you know. They made it very apparent that they didn't, they weren't, they weren't in the the relationship. They weren't living together for the for each other. It was because of us. And with that, you know, I carried that burden a long time. You know, I always felt responsible. I always felt like, and and I realized now that I'm a adult, I realized how much that affected me. Hearing that consistently, I'm 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 here because of you. I'm not here because of your mother. I'm not anything. It's because I love you. I'm here. So I understand how that's like, at, at the time, my parents thought it's a catch-22 because they were trying to do the best to raise their, to raise their children the way they could, but at the same time, they didn't want to be together. So it's kind of like, do I leave and raise you from the sidelines or do I stay while I'm unhappy with your mother and she's unhappy with me, but at least we're all together and I'm raising you. So I'm like, what? You know, now that I'm older and I realize and I think about that, it's a catch twenty two. There was really no winning in it. But you know, growing up in that in that household, I remember there were days I'm like, is today gonna be the day that they get divorced? You know what I mean? Is today gonna be the day that they separate? Is today gonna be the day that uh, you know, dad's not coming home, mom's not coming home because of the turmoil that they had. So that because of it, it allowed me to take take time with relationships. And it kind of made me more of a recluse because I felt like it, I, I I felt the burden, I felt the guilt that it was my fault, and I always felt like I was in the way. So when it came down to relationships or anything, I'm I was always very quick to apologize. Like if I was dating a girl, and something happened, I would go very quick to say I'm sorry, even if I didn't do anything or even if I didn't feel like I did anything wrong, I'll be quick to say I'm sorry. And in certain circumstances, that's okay. That you know, like that makes sense if you just want to uh, end the end the conflict. But you're suppressing yourself as a person. And I did that a lot growing up, and especially in early on relationships. I mean, I got married young, so I didn't have a terrible amount of relationships. There was three or four uh, significant relationships before me. And um, it, was, it, was a, it was a part of it. It was, it was seeing that. It's like, let me just say I'm sorry. And then I, I basically I turned into an appeaser. I'm, I'm like rambling on. But I turned into an appeaser because of it. Because I just wanted, I just wanted there to be peace in any relationship that I was in. That I'm like, whatever makes you happy, I'll do. You know what I mean? Because I already knew that my parents were unhappy and all the stuff that was going on inside the home. So I'm like, yeah, well, I'm gonna get happy. It's whatever. It's a, it's a little bit of sacrifice for me to have you happy because I can't be unhappy in the streets, you know, or with or with a girl, and then be unhappy at home with my parents because their marriage is a shambles, and they're basically saying it's because of you. <laughs> so. Uh, okay, let's take a brief commercial break. We'll be right back after this sponsor. Hey guys, Bjemson Darius, aka BJ here from Dear Dad Podcast. Now, when I started this podcast, I wanted a platform where I can record and upload with my content very easily. I didn't want to go through any hoops to get my podcast out there. When I did start my podcast, I was on a different platform. But after I was introduced to Anchor not once, not twice, 
but over three times by my close friends, I decided to give Inca a try. I must say, I absolutely love it. Not only is it easy to use, but I am able to record, edit, post, and publish all my episodes right there on the app or the site. I was able to transfer all my episodes onto Anchor in less than five minutes. That for me was unbelievable. Oh yeah, here's the best thing of all. It's free. It is free to use. Yeah, I know that's crazy, but take my word on this. It's true. Using Anchor has definitely made podcasts so easy. Trust me, you'll love it. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, it's, I think if I, I find it fascinating that you also at that, even at that age, that you felt that it was your fault um, or it was inevitable that you're going to get a divorce because you, you saw it coming. It was just a matter of time. Uh, that's just so profound. I also find it very intriguing that um, that you're very apologetic. Um, so easy to say, I'm sorry. Why I say that is because I, I was, I was not now, was a little different. When it comes to apologizing, for me, it was more of I take action instead of apologizing. The reason why is probably because of my history and based on what our, the relationship that I'm in. Because once somebody tells me they they apologize for something and then you go ahead and do it again, for me, that apology is obsolete. That apology is no longer effect. So whenever you keep apologizing to me and you're not taking action, for me, that, it, that, that apology doesn't matter at all. So instead of me apologizing to certain uh, to people, I just said, you know what? I see what I did is wrong, and I am going to take action to what I did. You know, I'm going to move forward and try to be better. I'm going to try to do better because what I did hurt you. What I did was not okay. What, what I did was not the best of your interests. So I'm going to take action. It wasn't until I would say I was with my wife now that she wants to hear the word I'm sorry. And I'm, I was quite the opposite of that. She needs to hear the word I'm sorry in order for her to be okay. So I've tried with her and say, you know what? I understand what I did, what was wrong and all that stuff. And I'm going to take action. For her, that means very little. She understands that part, but it means very little. She needs to hear the word I'm sorry. And I had to relearn how to say I'm sorry and not just say it, but meant it. So it was it was a, a, a change in me that had to take place um, and willing to take place because I know if I'm going the way I'm going, it's not going to benefit my wife. It's not going to ben- benefit my life either. So I had to change that dynamic. So saying up, oh, I'm sorry had had to I had to relearn and ha- relearn to say it and relearn to give it meaning um, because a lot of people, my wife, it matters to them. You know, it matters to them. So I mean, even with my wife as well, it, when I tell her. If you're going to apologize to me, I just need you to take action towards it. Not just say, I, I apologize and just leave it as it is. Because again, for me, actions matter. Your words, it, it, it makes a difference, but your accent speaks volume. So I always tell her, if you're going to tell me you're sorry, I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to accept it, but I need you to take action towards it. And I think it's we find a, a happy balance where if I say, I'm sorry, I'm going to take action towards it. If I say, I'm going to take action towards it, I'm going to say sorry as well. So both of us are, live, are moving on that same dynamic and on the same wavelength where we're not just saying this because we want to pass conversation or we want to just like end the argument, but sincerely saying, I'm sorry and taking action towards that. Yeah, it, it makes all, it really makes all the difference. It really makes all the difference, you know. You have to have that 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 balance in there. So, and some people, it's and 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 my father, one of them, 
he was not an I'm sorry person. <laughs> he's not gonna he's not gonna say I'm sorry. He, like he can, don't get me wrong, he can, but he's not he wasn't an appeaser by any means. If he did something, he did something kind of you know, get over it. Like he wasn't vindictive, he wasn't spiteful, he wasn't any of that things, but he didn't really it wasn't I'm sorry, especially towards my mother. It was never I'm sorry. It's kind of you'll be fine, get over it. <laughs> and um because of that, I saw how much that hurt my mom. And I'm like, you know what? At the very least, what I can do to, to make any girl I'm with happy is say I'm sorry. And I would end up saying I'm sorry to the point where I'm like, I'm saying I'm sorry, but A, I don't really mean it. And B, I didn't even do anything. You know what I mean? You're upset at something else that really was out of my control, but I'm gonna say I'm sorry so we can just end the argument and move forward. Because I hated, at that time, I realized I hated conflict. I hate, I, even to this day, I hate, I hate fighting. Like fighting to me is so draining and arguing. Like it, when you're in a relationship, it's gonna happen, but it's so draining. So I'd rather avoid an argument or that situation altogether beforehand. It's not until now I'm realizing how much all of those things built up over time and how much they affected me. That I'm like, but you need that conflict a little bit because that's how you grow as a person. If I'm always saying I'm sorry, you're gonna get to a point where the sorry doesn't mean anything, and you gotta put the action behind it. So, yeah, no, it's it's definitely being able to do both. Say I'm sorry, mean it, and put the action behind it and, and change your behavior to do better. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to learn how to do that. I had to, like, rethink how how to do that. Even with the argument, I have was in a relationship that argument was a norm. And me being a person that is, I'm soft-hearted. Like, I'm not the person that's going to start arguments, nor am I going to, um, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't. My body does not react well with argument or anger. That's why I prefer to be happy. I prefer to be either monotone. I don't like to argue. Once, my, once I'm starting arguing and I'm upset, my whole, I don't know, my whole structure changed. Like I, I don't feel okay and everything is not okay with me. And I don't like the certain things that's being said. So I tend to just avoid it. But again, rethinking that, relearning that argument is not bad. It's just how you deal with it, how you come across it. Um, I've learned arguments are t- sometimes, well, with my relationship, we don't have arguments. We have a lot of misunderstandings or we just have conversations. If I'm, if I have, a, if I, if there's certain ways I'm feeling and I, I don't, I haven't expressed it yet, I can't expect my wife to know what I'm going through if I have not expressed that with her. And that's what I'm learning. I'm learning how to ex- be expressive. I'm, not, I'm learning how to have a conversation with my wife. If something's wrong with me, learn how to talk with her. So it's not, now it's not so much of yelling and screaming and closing doors and leaving for hours and not coming back. No, it's just like, okay, I need to take a breath of fresh air and then we can come back and discuss this um, instead of like yelling back and forth. So um, my wife and I can honestly say we don't have arguments. We have a lot of uh, uh, discussion. Um but for it to get to the degree where we're yelling and screaming, I don't, I don't remember the last time it got that way. I probably got upset, and she got upset, and we give each other space. But as far as yelling and screaming, both she and I are not that kind of person. So we just give each other space um, to 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 deal with that. So I'm just gonna move. I'm gonna change that mood a little bit, just slightly a little bit. Um, I want you to tell me um, about fatherhood. Fatherhood? Oh man. <laughs> What do you want to hear? I got so much to say. <laughs> uh, fatherhood, my my biggest blessing. Fatherhood is my biggest blessing. Um, I became a father very young, at the the tender age of twenty one, and um, when I became a father, it 
I'm not going to say it was a surprise because um, me and Dorothy were dating for some time. And, you know, we was, we was, we was doing the do as, 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 as young people do. And we both, like, we both made the decision. I'm not going to say we wanted to have a kid, but we're like, if it happens, what happens? Because we were in love, you know what I mean? Like, and it wasn't like puppy love. Like, we were legit in love. So I'm like, if it happens, it happens. We cool. Like, I already know this is the one I want to spend the rest of my life with. And sure enough, she got pregnant. (laughs) So at 21, you know, at the time, I, I I didn't have no money. I didn't have no prospect. I didn't I didn't have a college degree. I didn't I really didn't have anything. I was living on my own. I was actually living with my best friend's family at the time because this is around the time when my parents lost their house. So I'm like, what the hell am I gonna do? <laughs> but I, I it bring to tie back into my dad when I and that's even crazier because when I became a father or when I found out Dorothy was pregnant, I actually told my mother first, you know, my, this whole time my dad is like, tell me, tell me, tell me, you know, I'm here for you no matter what. I told my mother first and she's the one who told him because I was too scared to tell him. As, as crazy as it sounds. And, and, and we had a great relationship, but I just like, I don't know. I just had like a little bit of fear. Like I just, I, maybe I didn't want to disappoint him. By telling him that, and 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 I knew he would have been cool with it. Not, I mean, he wouldn't have been like jumping for joy, but he would have been he would have been there to support me and all that stuff. But I didn't even have the courage to tell him. My mother told him, and um, he he was he was more hurt that I didn't tell him myself than 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 that, that I was having a kid and I wasn't married and and so forth. But nonetheless, he was he was very supportive the entire time. And and I and I can honestly say, like, hundred percent accuracy, I don't think I would have gotten through that that transition, uh, that that initial period without him. And ever since then, ever since our, my son was born, because, uh, all right, just to give a little timeline for anyone listening, uh, I found out we found out Dorothy was pregnant in March. Um, I told my mom. A couple of days later, she told him. A day later. And, you know, basically, uh, we just carried through a pregnancy, son on the way. Uh, I asked Dorothy to marry me. I already knew I was going to marry her. I said, you know, let's get married. Basically did a, a quick wedding. My son was born in October. And then my dad ended up moving to Florida or Miami in December. So three, three months after my first son was born, my dad left. But I wouldn't have made it. To that point, without him, it's kind of crazy. Like I think about it now, and it's kind of—I get emotional thinking about it. But fatherhood is real. Fatherhood is amazing. I mean, I I enjoy it. I love it. It's something I always wanted to be. I wanted to be a father. I wanted to be a husband, just because I wanted to, like I said before, to be different, to have the chance to treat someone lovingly, and have a chance to grow grow a child and uh and show them that this world sometimes is cruel but the love that both mom and dad had for you is is uh it's amazing it's 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 amazing so i so that's something i've always looked forward to do i always wanted to, to to become and um it's it's i mean for as of right now i and i really enjoy it 
I really enjoy that. I always said that if you're not ready to be a parent, if you're not ready to be a dad, don't become a dad. You know, I mean, there are circumstances, you know, that you can't control or it happens. But I honestly felt like if you're not ready to be a parent, if you're not ready to be a, a father to a child, a dad to your child, don't be. Because that is such a huge responsibility. If you're not ready to take on that, it can have so much, so much effects on you that you may not even know. So you might have to, you really have to prep for, for, for that um, before you decide to move on to that. Yeah, it's, it, it, it definitely, without question, brings on a new level of responsibility. And, and when, when, my, when my first son, Patrick Jr., was born, um, that, it's crazy as it sounds, and then, like I said, I was young, but that's the catalyst that I needed to kind of turn my whole life around, you know what I mean? I wasn't living wild and reckless or anything of that nature, but I was kind of moseying along without any purpose. And now I have this child and, and this woman who's depending on me. So it's kind of like, what are you going to do? And I, I took that responsibility head on and I've embraced it ever since, man. Fatherhood, it's, I'm almost speechless when I think about it and when I describe it, but it's not a game. It's definitely not, for, it's definitely not for the lighthearted. Like you gotta, and it saddens me to see so many, so many kids without their fathers, and and how much society downplays fatherhood. Like kids need their fathers, man. Like for real, for real. I, I like like I said before, I couldn't have made it as far as I did without him. So now I want to do the same thing for my son, for both of my sons, and maybe any other children I may have in the future. Um, like you you need fatherhood. You need your dad to be there for you. And my biggest, my biggest drive now is to be there for my children, emotionally, uh, mentally, spiritually, financially. Like that's my drive. Like ever since my, my first son was born, I'm like, yo, this is actually like, father is actually dope. It's an amazing thing. It's like, now you've got someone who's responsible. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. <clears throat> But the little milestones that you reach along the way and you grow with your child and you see their progress and their growth, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Like, I, I stay home. Uh, New Year's Eve happened last night. I, you know, I could have went out and, 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 and partied or did something. Nah, man, I want to be home with my kids. We're going to do our little family tradition of uh, finger painting. And that's more than enough for me. I'm not saying that's that's it for everyone. But when you get the privilege to be a father, you call the father, you know, that's one of my things that I want to create. Like, yo, take it seriously because it'll change your life. It'll change their life. And in turn, it'll change the world because that little boy or girl you're raising is going to marry someone or, or be with someone and potentially have kids of their own. So you, you're setting a new precedent, you know, like you can't change what your past was, but you can change the future for someone else. Mm, yep. 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 That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. You can change the future for somebody else and make it a better future for somebody else. Our goal as parents is to um, have our kids have a better life than we have. Granted, it, it could have been good or bad, but for every generation that comes along, they want their child or the children to have a better life than they than they did. I mean, look at your your parents and their grand your, your grandparents. They have a better life as you go down the line. 
um, and your sons now, they're going to probably have a better life than you did. And that's what you're going to want them to do. You don't want them to have the same life as you do. You don't want them to have the same struggles as you do, but you want to encourage them to do better. You're going to want them to do better because you're going to plug them in into different environment. You're going to um, push them to do better and you're going to push them to become better because that's, as parents, that's what that's what we were there to do or that's what we're supposed to be doing. So we need to continue to uh, push our, our kids to, to do better. I mean, I'm looking at my mom now and she says, she says it all the time. I don't want you to be like me. I don't want you to go through the same thing as me. She tells my, my sisters, I don't want you to go through the same thing I went through. I went through struggle so you don't have to go through struggle. I suffer so you don't have to suffer. So she sacrificed herself a lot so we wouldn't have to. So I think that's one thing that I'm going to implement myself and continue implementing because I don't want my son to go through the same thing I do. I don't want him to have a lack of, of, uh, of father presence in his life like I did. So I'm going to continue to, again, embracing and loving and share the time with him. I mean, sometimes just doing nothing is everything. Like I sit down with my son at times and just like record him or just watch him because I just love watching him. This is a part of me that is running around and I look at him and my wife and I just sit there. I was like, this is amazing. This is, we help create this. Like, this is profound. Like I'm looking at him and he's running around and talking and developing so quickly and intellectually and physically. And we sat down and was like, man, if we can do just one, imagine if we do like more than one, <laughs> more than one. Like if we have like two or three kids, like how much more happier we can be. And I'm not saying right now we're going to have any kids. I'm just saying the potential, like you're you watching your child, you're watching your children running around and you're just saying, this is so crazy. One, I'm a dad. Two, I'm a father. I'm a husband. And I have this kid running around and that's my kid. Like, this is my kid. Be like, we are an adult now. It's so different to just come into that perspective where you're an adult and it, it's a, a, a reality check. It, it definitely, it definitely is. It definitely is. And then you start to realize that, wow, this this little person came from me. And now when they start getting a little older, they start emulating the stuff that you did. And you realize not only did they come from me, but they're watching me as well. So the stuff that I do and the stuff that I say, now they're mimicking, they're doing that and stuff. And you realize, and that's one of the things uh, for, for me about fatherhood and, and, and parenting is realizing that I have a real impact on on how these kids may or may not turn out. Obviously, when they get older, they're still going to be their own person. But now, as, as they're getting a little bit older, I'm realizing that, you know, they're watching me a lot closer than I think they are. From the way that I do, the words that I say, they're, they're watching me a lot closer than I think they are. And there's, there's a little bit of pressure in there. It's kind of because, you know, as I'm older and these guys look up to me and they're like, wow, you're such an amazing superhuman, you know, like Superman. I'm like. I still don't gotta figure it out. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's 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 pressure in there, but at the same time, it's a lot of a lot of grace and blessing in there as well. I know you you said that you had um, you got married and have um, kids at an early age. Um, before that, did you have any idea of what kind of dad you wanted to be? And if so, do, are you <clears throat> are you that person now? Um. Did I have an idea of what I wanted to be? I, I, I want to say, yeah, I had an idea. And, and, and my, my sole basis, as, as crazy as it sounds, there, there were two things that I, I'm like, 
as a father, I want my I don't want my kids to ever go through this. And I'm gonna live my life according to essentially these two principles. And the two principles were um, I never want my kids to worry if 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 today's the day that they're gonna get kicked out of the house. And I never want them to worry about if today's the day that dad's not coming home. Because those are two things that I had to deal with growing up a lot. So I was like, as long as I'm that father or my kids never have to worry if I'm not financially responsible enough to pay my rent or pay my mortgage or have them give, give them a place to stay and warmth and shelter, then that's good. I can check that off. And as long as they never have to worry about if today is the day that dad's not coming home or mom is not coming home because they were fighting or they just can't get, uh, get along or they don't agree, then, then two. So as long as I can meet those two criteria for myself as, as, as a dad, I'm doing great. And um, obviously there's a lot more to parenting and, and, <clears throat> and fatherhood than that. But based on those two criteria that I set for myself early, I want to say, yeah, I, I've hit that. <laughs> I've, 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 but I've also exceeded that in, 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 in the process as well along the way. Do you find yourself um, parenting like your dad? Yes. Parenting, yes. I'm very open, honest, but with, with a little bit uh, a little bit extra. My dad was very open and honest, like I said before. He was very transparent. I'm very transparent, very, uh, very, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, but he, like, he was never scared to say, I love you. So he said, he did say, I love you uh, uh, enough. He didn't say it a lot, but he said it enough. But the one thing that was different between uh, my dad's, parenting style versus my parenting style is I'm way more affectionate. I'm not scared to give my kids hugs or kisses or, you know, just be a little extra. I mean, they're younger now. They're, you know, three and six. So it's, it's not weird to give, you know, a son a kiss on the cheek or give him an extra hug or hold them a little tighter or invite them to cuddle. You know what I mean? But I want them to know that it's okay to feel loved by, you know, by, by me. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay to feel to give me a hug. It's okay if you need a hug and say, "Dad, I need a hug," because one thing I realize is when when kids need nurturing, and they always go to mom. But I'm like, "Yo, you can come to me too. I'm not scared to give you a hug and, and, and hold you if you fell or, or tell you that I love you and stuff." So that's one of the things I kind of give a little more to, because I just want them to know that it's it's okay to to have emotions as a man. It's okay to be uh, to to embrace. You know, your your father, I, I don't know how you grew up, but you probably didn't get a lot of hugs from your dad. <laughs> and I, I didn't get a lot of hugs from my dad. And that's one of the things I'm like, can I get a hug? You know what I mean? So, not saying I do it all the time, but there's, there, are, there are times in life where like that, I just need a hug. You know what I mean? I don't want a hug from mom. I want a hug from you. Because a hug from a father versus a hug from a mother is two completely different things. It's hard to describe, but it's two completely different things. And I... I'm just setting that precedent with my kids to let them know uh, I'm not I'm not scared to give you a hug and I'm not scared to give you a kiss on the cheek and tell you that I love you. And just be a little more affectionate instead of just be like, yeah, I love you. A pat on the back and keep moving. You know, when I my wife when I found out my wife was pregnant, I was a little skeptical. I was a little scared to uh, to uh, find out the sex. And when I found out it was it was a boy, I was scared that um that I couldn't be a dad. I was scared that I could not be a father to a, a son because I was, I was afraid. I was afraid that I couldn't love him the way he needs to be loved. Cause I, I didn't experience love 
through a dad. I experienced love through a mom. Um, so I was kind of kind of skeptical about having a, a son. And it was a transition. It was a hard transition for me to um, to to say, I'm going to love a, a, a boy. I'm going to love a son. It was hard while she was pregnant. And it wasn't again to the moment that he was born that we had a, a connection. From the day he was born, it was instant connection. And even to the, the, the point of discipline and affection right now, like we have our own thing. I mean, granted, he's he can I can call him to be a mama's boy, which is fine. I prefer I prefer him to be a mama's boy, but we have our own time. Like he will literally climb on me and just sit either on my chest, on my face, or just come and just come and just cuddle with me on the couch or talk to me. Like we have our own language, we have our own um uh we have our own hug, so to speak. So every time that I want a hug, I establish uh, a daddy squeeze to the point that. Um, whenever I said daddy squeeze, he comes and give me a squeeze, he give me a hug. And it was so like prominent and it was affected. It, 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 um, it, it was so effective that my wife started to be jealous about it. She was like, what about mommy squeeze? I was like, well, that's not, <laughs> that's not something we do right now. We, we're doing daddy squeeze. We, we're doing family squeeze. We're doing, so it's, it's a form of we're just hugging all the time. We do it all the time. Like when I wake up in the morning, he sing, I sing to him whenever, um, I, 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 I um saying anything that had to do with like learning, I sing to him. So I have my own language of of catering to my son. It, it wasn't something that I had. It's something that I always wanted to be, always wanted to do. And the fact that I get the chance to do it, regardless if it's a boy or a girl, it means no difference. He's a healthy child, and I'm able to like pour as much as in him as I can. And even now, every time we are um, we are going somewhere, it's either sometimes he favors me or he favors uh, my wife, and I don't I don't get jealous of it. It's not a problem. Like I know at times he just want to favor me. Like whenever we are disciplining him, my wife is more of the disciplinary one. I am so like it's, I'm so hearted whenever it comes to disciplining him. I just more I'm I'm of a person like I, I set you down. And I'll talk to you and then we can find a, a, a conclusion. But mommy's more of a, the hard discipline. I mean, she has her own way of doing it, but that's just a balance. I just know for me, I'm very weak of disciplining him, but she's very stern. But there's a different upbringing, different ways of approaching things, different way of parenting um, or being parent different. Because the way we grew up sometimes, we want to be different from our parents. And it's not something that we want to implement at time, but also something that we can, uh, we need to implement in, on, on our kids. Are there anything that you wish you had done different as a dad? Other things that I wish I'd done differently. Um, I'm still learning. I, I, but actually, you know what? Yes, there was one thing that I, I wish I had done. I did differently, and I feel like, I mean, maybe I see it, but when, 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 when Patrick Jr. was born, um, it was around that I was in school, so. I, I was busy a lot. I was in classes. I was working full time. So I didn't have enough time to nurture the relationship the way I wanted to. And it's 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 just different. Like, I still love him. He's my son. And I'm starting to grow and appreciate and love him more. And it's just the, the love that I have for him versus the love that I have for Daniel is different because... I wasn't able to nurture it as much as I did with Daniel because when Daniel was born, I was, you know, I was here, I was home. I wasn't doing a bunch of stuff. Okay. What are three happiest moments in your life that you can remember? One, one of my happiest.
happiest moments are definitely getting married to Dorothy. You know, it, 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 to most people, it may seem like it came quickly or it was unexpected, but it was something that we, we always knew we wanted to do. And, um, you know, God just made it happen in that timing. So that was definitely a happiest moment for me. Um, the second happiest moments in my life are, I'm going to combine them, but basically the birth of my, my son and any, any of my future children, uh, that's definitely always, you know, that's always a, a joyous moment, you know, cause it's such a, uh, uh, such a trauma because you never know how it can turn out. You never know what you're going to get, but whenever, you know, your, your kid comes out happy and healthy and, and your wife is, is, you know, happy and healthy at the end of it, that's definitely a moment you put on the books, you know, um, it, to, to touch on that even more for, to be even more specific on that, when, when Daniel was born, um, it was a super happy moment because when he was born, it was only me and Dorothy in the room because it happened so fast that none of the nurses, none of the staff were there. So by the time, or more or less, his head popped out, it was it was just me and her. And shortly after, other nurses and the doctors and so forth came. So that was that was a super happy. I cried a lot, but because <laughs> it was scary, but it was a happy moment at the same time. And a third happy moment in my life. Um, I don't know. There's there's so many to choose from, but uh, I'll say a third happy moment in my life was uh was was when I graduated school, because like I like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, when I was in school, Patrick was just born, so it, it was a lot. It was a lot of uh, in and out and and juggling so many things at one time that to be able to accomplish that at that time. Given all of the circumstances I was dealing with, that was a super, super joyous thing. Okay, now I can kind of move forward with life and see what happens and goes on from here. So, mm. you know, to tell you the truth, I there's a there's a couple of people that I, I admire as as being parents, um, and even in marriage as well. I I met you, I think at your wedding, first time that I probably saw you. Um, at that time, my wife and I were dating, and I met you at your know, wedding. And and as still today, I don't even remember the first time that we met. I don't know how we even greeted each other, but I just know from that first time we spoke, it just like we just hit it off. It was like the coolest thing. And the thing is, I don't really have that kind of relationship with a lot of um, men or other guys. Um, I can build that bond with other women, but as far as men in my life, I don't have that. It's not something that. I can say I can literally say I have like a handful of people that I I can call friend, uh, or I can even call my brother. So it's different for me to have this much love for you. Um, I don't I, again. I don't have that as much. And um, to go back to even um, childhood, like I, I always watch you the way you 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 treat your wife, but I always watch you the way you um, interact with your your sons. The way you embrace them, the way you like make time for them, the way you—I don't know—there's always something going on, and I, I always, I'm always, I, I still love that. And I, you guys are most one of the uh, the loving couple that I like watching on on Instagram, and there's a reason for that because I like I like fi- finding good examples to to become. Um, there are certain people in my life that I say, okay, um, you doing do good, you doing this good, I'm going to mimic that. You are interacting with your son, your daughter this way. I'm going to implement that with my son. Um, 
if I see how you are with your wife, I'm going to establish that in my relationship. Um, not to say I didn't have my own, but there's is there's something about um having someone close to you or that you know of that's doing something right, that's doing it good, that's doing it um uh, uh better than what you've seen. Because we don't see that as as often. We don't see that as 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 frequent as we need to see it. Um, a good husband, a good relationship, a happy relationship to, to say the most, that we don't see that or it doesn't get ad- advertised as much, especially you black folks or Caribbean folks. They don't advertise that being affection, being loving and expressing that. I don't see that as much personally for me. And to see that you were expressing that you were able to do that without hesitation was for me was profound. That's why I always found myself always want to link up with you or connect with you because there was something something in you that I wanted to, to implement in my life, um, especially relationship as well, and as well as um, growing my child that I wanted to uh, incorporate because you were doing you were doing it right, you were doing it correct. Um, I mean, you had your own difficulty, you had your own journey. That's not what I'm looking at. I'm looking at how is your relationship, how is your bond with your son, how is your bond with your wife, um, and how can I do that myself. Um, again, I don't even remember the last time, the first time we even met, but I, I don't even care. I just know the connection that we have when we see each other is is so profound. It's so cool. It's so relaxing. So it's always, I always thought about it and I always wanted to tell you that like, I'm, I'm very proud of you for being who you are. I'm very uh, respectful for who you, who you have become. And I've always still today, the stuff that you're doing, I'm like, this is so cool. I want to do it myself. Oh, man. Even just hearing you say that, I, I, I first and foremost gotta say thank you, and and that's a humble and honored thank you for you to to say that or to even see those things in me. You know, I'm I'm, I'm just a man, so I, uh, by no means am I perfect or anything. But it's it's an honor to hear someone say that they they they, they see what you're doing, and you know, family is really important to me. It's always been important, and like you said, I don't know when or how it started but me and you are family you know what i mean like we've always been brothers from day one uh, our, our way of embracing one another and just having natural conversation and, and looking out and, and checking in with one another has always been uh, a, a beautiful thing so as someone that i look up to you yourself to hear you say that about me it, it's really humbling and i and, I, and I'm, I'm truly grateful for that and in, and, and like you said i i just I care about family and I know what it's like to be on the not so organized dysfunctional because every family is dysfunctional, but I know it's like to be that. But more importantly, I know what it's like to take that be like, I'm not going to let that stop. And, you know, marriage is a beautiful thing. Family and fatherhood is a beautiful thing. And it's kind of like I was able to do it even coming into it as young as I did. And with the circumstances that I did, you know, the odds were stacked against a lot, like a lot, a lot. Dorothy and I, like the odds are really stacked against us. And I'm sure there were people who were, um, you know, kind of rooting for our downfall or waiting. So to hear us, you know, six years later, you know, two kids and, 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 and you know, living okay. I'm not going to say we're living best. I'm trying to ball out. But <laughs> but to, to come from where we come from with the odds that were against us, and to be here is only by the grace of God. And we want to share that with other people. You know what I mean? If we could do it, others can do it too. If we can have a, a successful relationship, others can do it too. I want to use that influence because family 
at the end of the day, that, that's all you got. You know, you may not have had the greatest family growing up. You may not have come from the greatest circumstances. But if you want to change that and create your own, you can. And that's really the example that I'm trying to set for my own children, other children, uh, that 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 my, my friends, not my my children's my children's friends, my friends, just other people like this. You you got the power to change your, your life and your history, your family. You know. You no, know, you would you would say something about legacy and um, how your father, I, I believe, left a good legacy with you. And you're leaving a great legacy with your sons. Um, how do you want your 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 kids to remember you? I I want them to remember me. This and this is something I think about on a daily basis. That no matter what, that I was there for them, and that I loved them, and also, which is really important to me is for them to know how much I love their mother. I, I, I realized that one of the most powerful things that I can do for my children is to show them how much I love their mother. Because in doing that, it's not just the life lessons I teach them as far as like, you know, do this as a man or do that as a man. But the example that I show them, that I step forward, I want them to remember like, yo, dad really loved me, or mom really loved dad. So when it's their turn to pick a, a, a spouse, that they know that, you know, to, 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 to be there, to, to be loving. Because when you have love for someone, it can carry you through a lot of things. Money's not going to carry you through. Circumstances aren't going to carry you through. It's, it's a love and a willingness to work together that's going to carry you. So I, the most important thing that I want my boys to know about them to know about me or remember about me is how much I loved and cared for them and how much I loved and cared for them. Wow. You know, I, I, I ask that question a lot and now a lot of people say that, especially how, how my dad loves my mom or how much you love your wife. Not many people say that. I mean, it's a different, everybody has their own perspective. Whenever I ask that question, this one would definitely is going to stick in my mind. And this is something that, again, that's probably why you and I are so cool. That's exactly what I want. Um, my wife and I, we have, whenever we go somewhere or we, we, uh, we are at a certain location, we are intentional about the way we, we act around one another. We are intentional the way we hold hands and we talk. Um, she and I are like best friends and I know a lot of people say that, yeah, that's your wife, but honestly we are like, I'm, I'm, I'm married and she's my wife, but I'm still dating my wife. You know, it's, it's so cool. I'm still dating my wife. I'm still yeah. able to like go on dates. I'm, I talk to her and like, we like, uh, play with each other each time. Like we're in public or we're in, even in, in the church, like I'm telling her secrets. So I, the way I talk to her, people think that we're still dating, but that, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't, it doesn't change. Um, and I, I learned that from you and I, I found that so profound that you would think that as well. It makes a difference. If I see my, if my son sees how lo- how much love I have for my, for his mom, he's going to want that too. He's going to want to get into a relationship to show others and show the uh, the woman that's in his life that um, the way my dad loves, I'm going to love my wife or I'm going to love my girlfriend like that too. Again, it's being that first example, taking a leap of faith and being that first example and be different. Um, and and not being the same tradition that that's that has not been positive in the future in the past. 
So I honestly understand where you're coming from, where you're, especially boys, teaching them how to love, being affectionate is hard um, at times. But when you have a child, and for me, it didn't, it wasn't hard at all. I'm sorry. It wasn't hard. It was hard when I was younger. But for me now, it, it comes so, it comes so easily. When I'm, I'm talking to my son and I'm, I'm watching him running around and talk, I'm able to see this thing. I'm like, this is, there's no way I can love someone that deeply. There's no way I can like uh, feel that much for, for a kid. And that's when, again, I said it. That's why a lot of people said you really don't know love until you have your own kid. You really don't because there is so many things that a kid can do and has done. It, it doesn't change how you feel about them. And I see that. And I see how there are certain people that, that go through hardship with their kids and their love is still there. Nothing changes. Uh, like it's, it's, it's so profound. Like I'm thinking about it now that sometimes he gets, gets me upset, but it doesn't change how much I love him. It doesn't change the way I, I feel about him. Um, it doesn't change how I should treat him, but I just learn. So my wife does the same thing. And we, we, again, we are intentional about our love. We are intentional about what we show him. We are intentional how we are, um, are in public, but to, to my son, like he, we want him to know that the family that we have is so loving so embraceive. Like we hug all the time and we kiss all the time. We always do family hug. Like it's, it's overwhelming, but it's so profound. It, it's, it's amazing how you say that because you remind me of, of growing up and thinking about, you know, and I think the first time that I ever saw my dad kiss my mom or be affectionate towards my mom, I was a teenager. And mind you, I, I, I live with my parents my entire life. We were all in the same house our entire life. The first time I ever saw my dad like embrace my mom uh, with a kiss or, or, or anything of that nature, I was a teenager and it threw me for such a loop. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? But now I, I make it very important for myself to, I, yo, I love my wife all the time. I don't OD. Like I don't, I don't go crazy with it, but I let them know, like, yeah, like this is, like this is, this is my woman, like I love her, I'm affectionate, so I give her hugs, and kisses, and they, you know, they make fun of us. They're still young, our our, our oldest makes fun of us, but I know that I'm setting that example for him so that he can see that. I know that he knows, like, okay, it's okay to show affection, it's okay to receive affection, it's okay to to you know, you don't have to be a macho tough guy and, and hide your emotions. It's okay to let people know that you love them, and it's okay to be loved at the same time. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. We have uh, the stigma against us already, as far as society and culture-wise. Um, as far as men, you're not supposed to show emotion, or you're supposed to act a certain way, being very uh, stoic and very uh, uh, unemotional. But you know, the more we do that, the more we strip ourselves of of happiness. The more we strip our 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 wife and girlfriend, even our children of potential happiness. I mean, I've seen a relationship where it's just the husband comes in, the wife cooks, the husband go to work, and there's no relationship. There's nothing there. And that's not something I ever wanted. And I've seen it in our culture, and I've seen it in our society that we, we're living in, that there, is, there isn't any relationship there. There's no love there. And that's not something that I want my son to, to see. I want him to be embarrassed of how much I love my, um, his mom. I want I, I want to be intentional of uh, of embarrassing my son um, whenever he's around and like kissing my wife and holding my wife and just so he can see those things. I mean, it, it 
for a certain degree, he might think that it is, uh, or it's disgusting, or is uh, is horrible, or why is it doing this? But I know in the back of his head, it's gonna be like, oh, okay, that's something I want too because they're so playful. You know, they're happy. I want to be happy too. And again, we saw, we set that foundation for our kids. You know, the way we treat each other, our husband and our wife, is what they're going to want to do. They're going to, want to look for that person, potential mate in the future. They want to treat their husband. Um, uh, like uh, mommy treats her uh, daddy, they gonna treat um their wife the way daddy treats um their uh and try daddy treats mom. So this is stuff that we have to learn how to implement. We have to be intentional about these things. Everything that we do, we have to be intentional. And I'm pretty much gonna wrap, be wrapping up. And let's have one last question for you. And uh, the last question I have for you is, what do you want the dads, the fathers out there to know? some good questions <laughs> you got questions that like catch me every time there, there's so much that i want fathers to know yeah um <clears throat> but definitely the 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 the, the couple things are the most important things that i want fathers to know is um you don't have to get it right all the time you know, it's always a learning ex- experience. But continue to love your child, be there for your child, be transparent with your child, because that really makes all the difference in their life. As long as they know that their dad is there and their dad is backing them up, and their dad, basically, as long as they know that their dad has their back, they can make it far. And they will make it far, you know. It's it's important. It's important to just be there and, and do the work, you know. You 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 got to show up as as a father. The most important thing I gotta tell you is you gotta show up. Don't wait till they're ten or fifteen or twenty. Don't wait till it's perfect for you. And after you figured your whole life out, no, you gotta grow and they gotta grow and you guys gotta grow together. That's one of the the, the biggest things that I'm that I've learned as a father. You got to figure it out as you go. You're going to make mistakes. Forgive yourself. They're going to make mistakes. Forgive them. But just keep going. Show up, man. Lo- love your kids. Be the example. Because they're watching you whether you like it or not. So choose to be the best example you can be for them. And trust that they'll, that they'll, uh, that they'll uh, follow, follow your example. And, and with that being said, I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll more or less close on this. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, not too long ago, and I was, you know, I was telling him about parenting, and I feel so much pressure because I want my son to be a certain type of way, and I'm thinking not that certain type of way, and I'm trying to find the balance of um, correcting him, but also giving him the freedom to be himself. And he, we were we were going back and forth on it, and he and he said something I'll never forget. He said, "Your parents, they raised, you. and then as they were raising you." They gave you a bag, and in that bag, they filled the bag. They filled the bag, and they filled the bag, and they filled the bag, and to the point they gave you the bag. Then once you got the bag, you took out, say, 40% of the bag, and you kept 60%. Then you're going to take that same bag. You took out the 40%. You left the 60%. You're going to hand that bag to your child. And when you hand that back to your child, you're going to fill it, and you're going to fill it, and you're going to fill it, and you're going to fill it to 100% again. And after you hand that back to your child, 
Your only prayer is that they take out less and and leave more. Your prayer is that they take out 20% and keep 80% and they pass it along. So in doing that, the more that you pass down, the more good that they all keep, the less the less that they get rid of, the more good they keep. And generations down, you have people that are unstoppable. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I'm going to close it out on that note. Mr. Patrick, I'm so honored that you're able to come to this podcast to be a guest, to be a friend, to be an example for me. Um, I'm so happy that you're able to to come here. And you continue doing your 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 journey of parenthood and fatherhood, a husbandhood every day. And I'm so honored that you're able to come here and express yourself and be uh, vulnerable and be um, open and tell the world exactly how it is. Um, so many of us are so closed down. So many of us don't even have examples. And I, I honestly would say um, those that's in your life that you find to be a great example, uncles, aunts, friends, family, keep those people in your, in your pocket because the longevity is you will become better if these people are in your life. I, I once was told by uh, someone um, as we grow as kids, we have perspective of how our parents want to be. Um, and then we grow up and then we have a perspective of how we want to be. So we need to be a better version of ourselves for our kids. And that's the, the what I want to leave you guys with right now. Be a better version of who you want to be. If you always want to be a good dad, if you always want to be a good mom, you always want to be a good husband, then be that. You know, be better than your mom, be better than your dad, be better than the, the, the people that's around you. Okay. I don't want you to be the same person that I am. I want you to become better. And that's what I am um, forcing on you guys. That's what I'm, I'm opening to you guys. Um, and I'm doing to my son, be better than me. If you see that I'm doing something good, be better than me. Because what happens is if you capitalize on what I'm doing, my, what I'm doing is good, but I want you to be great, be greater. Okay. Don't ever think you can, you, you, you would, you want to do less. Always aim high, guys. All right. As parents, as fathers, as dads out there, we need to step our game up. Show the world that fathers exist. Loving fathers exist. Loving husbands exist. Because we don't have enough of that. Society is teaching us that that is a dying breed. Stuff like that does not exist. But I want you to know it does exist. And that's what this podcast is for, is to, to open that up, that table up and say, all this stuff that we're going through that society might say or culture might say, it's not true. What is true is love is there. We are able to express ourselves fully, but without being ridiculed. Be a dad. Be the person that you always want to be. Be a better version of yourself. Be a better version of your dad. And try to let your sons and daughters out there that if they put their best foot forward, though sometimes they might fall, just continue moving forward. Aim high. Aim high. Be better. I'm not the best, but I aim to be better. There are so many things that I want to do and so many new ideas that I want to accomplish. But I need to know that how is it going to impact me and how is it going to impact my son? How is it going to impact my wife? It's not only one man team. It's not one. I want to, again, thank you, Patrick, everything that you're doing and continue doing, bro. And I am so happy that you're here. And guys, again, I'm not going to keep you any longer. And I want to thank you again for, for this uh, podcast. 
that you guys keep coming on and supporting me. So, guys, I will not hold you not any longer, like I said before. And thank you, Patrick, for being here. And I see you guys in a few. Okay, let's take another brief commercial break. We'll be right back. For more Dear Dad podcasts, visit Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Make sure you check Dear Dad Podcasts on your favorite Instagram social media platform at Dear Dad Podcasts. Catch you later. Get down.